This episode is brought to you by Kendall and Hyde, makers of leather bags and accessories built to last a lifetime. Two if you count the cows. Visit KendallandHyde.com slash MADCAST and use the promo code MADCAST to receive 15% off your order. Welcome to the best debate in the universe, the only debate show where I argue both sides of an issue and you decide which side is more persuasive. I'm your host, Maddox, with me is Sean, the audio engineer. Hello, both of you. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is it, guys. The first big episode, new network, Madcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the network. Very exciting launch. Uh, the big first episode. My mom even said she's going to call into the show a little bit later. No. Guys. Yeah. My mom's calling into the show. Uh, but so that's uh, as much as you guys speak, I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> she She's trying to get any time with me over the phone. And I said, you have to call into my podcast. That's the only time. It's I'm a gonna. deep conversation, I'll bet. Well, it's the only time I'll answer the phone. Good. Yeah. For professional reasons. Right. Excellent. Yeah. I want to keep it. Pro- I want to keep a professional relationship with my mom. It's probably best to with most moms. Yeah. Um, guys, so a little bit about this show. It's called The Best Debate in the Universe. And for a long time, I've always said that I feel like I could argue both sides of a debate more persuasively than people, even even people I disagree with. Because I am somebody who I think sees both sides. And I think the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. I'm politically agnostic. I can see the the arguments being made on both sides of an issue. And I, I want... You know, you guys, I, I know you guys are going to try to shit on me, right? The listeners, they're going to try to shit on me. That's their job. Mm-hmm. Because they think that I have some kind of political leaning. I don't. Every t- every single test I take, every single one, puts me smack dab in the middle. You guys don't know what you're talking about. So I've always been interested in the art of persuasion. It's always been something fascinating to me. And what I'd like to find out is after hearing a debate, if someone's needle changes direction, Right. You already have your beliefs going into a debate, whatever that issue is. And after hearing the debate, both sides of an issue, you know, if I did a good job, and I I will, uh, I would like to see what you guys believe before hearing the debate and what you guys believe after. So on the website, I have put two different voting options. You can choose what you believed before hearing the debate and after. And I'm curious to see if that needle shifts. This is kind of an experiment I'm trying with different topics and issues in the news. And by the way, guys, this is going to be a topical show. I'm going to cover a lot of issues in the news, current events. So a little bit of background about where the show came from and why I'm doing a podcast to begin with. Uh, I have always been a fan of talk radio. It has been the biggest influence in my life, in my writing. Sometimes people come up to me, Sean, and they say, hey, Maddox, what? What's uh what's been your biggest influence? Which which authors? They expect me to list authors. And and they say it like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. When they're just asking an innocent question. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. You yeah, go to they, the, they come you go to the dumb voice. <laughs> is that what that is? I don't know. That's just like the typical Yeah. You know, hey, the, hey Maddox. Hey, Maddox. I bet your favorite author is Judy Bloom. No. You know what they say is I bet it's Dostoevsky. Oh yeah? yeah. Do they say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Bukowski, that's what they say. Yeah. Mhm. Hunter S. Thompson, they say I bet your fa- your favorite author is Hunter S. Thompson. Or or Dickens. Hunter S. Thompson or Dickens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're that versatile. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. All over the, yeah. I'm all, I, I, all the great writers, all the great authors, they say, those guys must be your influence. And I say, no, you're wrong. You know why? Because you influenced them? Yes. <laughs> from the future? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Sean. I'm the time-traveling influencer. Yeah. Fuck you. That's what I do. I go back in time and I influence the great writers of history. No, guys, it's actually been talk radio. <laughs> talk radio has been my greatest influence. And I have here, um, you know, I, I used to listen to talk radio when I was a kid in sixth grade. I would wake up every morning and call the local radio station for kids. It was like a talk show for kids called the Imagination Station. And I would talk to the host every day. Talk to him about dinosaurs. Did he say we don't believe in dinosaurs? No, no, he was not a creationist. Okay. He was not a creationist. But I did tell him my theories about, uh, you know, different various... Theories on how the dinosaurs became extinct. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, there was a two-moon theory that I proposed one time. Uh-huh. I was a very smart kid. That's probably what happened. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. <laughs> Shut was, up, John. Did he sound excited to hear from you every morning? Um, he did get to know me. You yeah. know, he would. Yeah, he would. He would get to know my voice. He would get to know because I was the first caller every morning. Yeah. But anyway, guys, um, that was 
you know, I've had a long history with talk radio, and I made a little tribute to some of the late and great talk radio show hosts. Actually, most of them are still alive, so here you go. Big show today, uh, Perez Hilton, our friends stopping by. Everybody remembers why Perez Hilton is going to go down and show infamy. He fingered Benji. I like it. Thank you for tuning in to the Tom Likas Show. Hey, man, thank you very much. Um, so Bobby and Steve Dooley on the line with us here on the world-famous Phil Andre Show. And to uh, another edition of Coast to Coast AM. Live ghost stories. It's the Michael Mara Show. Here we are. Uh, it's great to be here uh, the Friday before. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk radio. Tim Conway Jr., Mark. This is fresh air. I'm Terry Gross. I guess. Busy, busy morning. It's the Opie and Anthony Show. I don't know how we're going to get everyone's plugs in. But... I'm Jad Abumrad. I'm Robert Krilwich. This is Radio Lab. And today. Hey, everybody. It's Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Phone number 1 800 L O V E 1. Yeah, buddy. That's it. Those are the guys. Those so are the influencers. Many, yeah. So many good ones. So many good ones. Phil Henry. Uh, One of my favorites. Yeah. He is notoriously underrated. Uh, people, uh, it surprises me when, I'm, when I talk to somebody and they haven't heard of Phil Henry. He's one of the greatest satirists. And full disclosure, he's mentioned me on his show way back in the day, but I was a fan before that. Yeah, you owe him a plug. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's, a, that's a happy plug. I, I love that guy. Check out Phil Henry's website, guys. Yeah, I do too. Phil Henry, great show. Um, anyway, that was... A little tribute to some of the people who have influenced me and some of the people who I look up to in uh, talk radio. I probably, my website probably wouldn't exist in the way that it does if it weren't for some of these guys. Uh, I listen to a lot of these talk radio shows and it's really something of a talent, I think. It's really fascinating when you're able to hear somebody talk uh, because it seems a lot easier, right? People think that, you, that to start a podcast, you just have to have good opinions. You have to just be interesting and just sit down and talk. Well, most people think they're a lot more interesting than they are. Oh, yeah. Tragically uninteresting, most well, people. Well, and go ahead and try to talk for 30 seconds without stammering or right. trying to form your thoughts. Here's a game you can I play. I can't do it. No, you can't. Here's a game you can play right now. All the listeners, next time you're at a bar or at a party, try this little trick, right? It's just a game. Uh, I heard this on the Don and Mike show a long time ago, but it's called the um game, right? Try Just pick any topic, any topic in the world. Talk about garbage cans. Talk about your food disposal. Talk about what you ate for dinner. And talk, try to talk for 20 seconds without using the word uh or um. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost impossible. Most people can't do it unless you're trained to not do that. Yeah, it's better just to have a silent pause. Yeah. Than to I'm, say, well, uh. Yeah, uh, when you say uh, that is your, your voice. You are communicating that you're thinking to somebody. Exactly. It sounds unintelligent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so people who are trained broadcasters, people who do this for a living, people who have done this for years, you listen to their cadence and you listen to the way they talk and they, they speak about things. They don't do that. No, but they do have pregnant pauses and yeah. sometimes while they're thinking, but it's also to tweak the listener's ear sure. where they say, wait, what happened? Yeah. Oh, there he is. Yeah, those, those pauses are important. It uh, signals that you are a professional. It signals that you are good at communicating, good at words. Good at words. Yeah, you have the, the best words. But uh, speaking of people who are good at words, let's hear it from my mom. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, she said she was going to call in. Actually, oh, here it is. She's uh, she's dialing right now. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Hello. Oh, hello. Hi, baby. This is your mother. <laughs> is this my son Maddox? Yes, yes, mom. You know it's me. You know it's my voice. Why are you calling? Oh, I just want to say I'm so <laughs> proud of you for launching your new podcast network. Oh, really? I, I thought you'd be uh, disappointed somehow. I thought that, uh, you know... Oh, no. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, that's very supportive of you, Mom. I was I was expecting some passive-aggressive... Uh, uh, wait, uh, uh, wait, Okay. Wait. Yeah, what else? Hello? Also, I wanted yeah. <laughs> to ask you a question. Yes? I was wondering... When you're going back to school to get a real job. Okay, there it is. All right, Mom, I already told I you that I'm not going... Your father and I yeah. were wondering why you're such a loser. Okay, Mom, I gotta and go. why don't I you get a haircut? All right, Mom, I don't have time for this. <laughs> you don't have any hair. Okay, Mom, oh, goodbye. No. Goodbye. Call my mom calling into the first show to shit on me. To her own son. To my own son. Now that's to, love. To, <laughs> to, <laughs> to her own son, she's calling into shit on me on the first show. Yeah. 
That's that's how that's my relationship with my mom. She that's always does that to me. Solid family upbringing. Yeah. I've told this story on book tour, but I'll mention it here because it's a much larger audience. But uh, the first time I called my mom to tell her that I got a book deal, uh, that's the first thing she said to me is, why don't you go back to school and get a real job? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thanks. Very supportive. So that's my mom calling into the show. Guys, I've wanted to do a show like this for a long time that tackled more current news stories. I listen to a lot of podcasts and talk shows, and there are a lot of stories in the news that aren't really covered in a satisfying way. Because unfortunately, none of those hosts are me, and none of them possess the keen insight that I do. That's right. I'm going to bring a lot of insight into both sides of an issue on this show. Leave some comments. Tell me what you guys think. Oh, you know they will. Yeah, of course. Real shitty comments. Anyway, guys, coming up near the end of the show, I have some voicemail that I'll play. But uh, I want to move on. I want to talk about the first topic on the show. This is this is a story that's been in the news for a little while now. And it's uh, it's I, I feel like every couple of weeks there's another story about it. But uh, most recently, there's a video that was released by James Rolfe. He's better known as the Angry Video Game Nerd. Have you heard of this guy? No, but that doesn't mean anything because I am an internet ghost for the most part. Yeah, that's... Actually, that's not true. I'm just a social media ghost. Hmm. But no, I have not heard of him. You check out some some creepy ass harvesting site. You're an ass man, Sean. Uh, the right ass is a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, anyway, the angry video game nerd. I don't know if he has a nice ass. We'll have to ask him. But he runs a popular YouTube channel called Cinemassacre. Uh, I've been a longtime fan of his, actually. James's website. He's been one of the people who's been the most earnest in producing content on the internet for a long time. He mentioned you, didn't he? No, he hasn't. Oh, okay. No, not that I know of. I'm just, I'm just sincerely a fan of this guy's. Okay. He, I used to watch his videos way back in the day on Screw Attack, and what he does is he picks old school Nintendo games and movies from the 80s and 90s and really delves into it. Uh, and he get, and his his moniker is the Angry Video Game Nerd. Huh. You know, he talks, he gets really pissed off at these shitty old video games. He reviews them. One of my favorites, and you guys should check this out online. The one of the hardest games ever is a game called Silver Surfer on Nintendo. The old Silver Surfer video game on based Nintendo. on the comic, yeah, based on the comic. Okay, it is one of the most difficult games of all time. It may be impossible to beat. In fact, there was a Reddit thread a while back where some guy commented and said that his son wanted an Xbox 360, and he told his son, he said, "Look, here's a Nintendo Entertainment System, and here's Silver Surfer. You have one month to beat any level, any level, just one level. You don't even have to beat the whole game." If you beat a single level on this... I'll get you that. Yeah, I'll buy you an Xbox 360. What an asshole. The kid, <laughs> the kid I think the kid folded after two or three weeks. He said I'm, he, he got completely frustrated and fed up, even when the prize was like a $300 system. Wow. It's so difficult. And you know what the most tragic thing is about that game? Is it has one of the best soundtracks of all time. It is so good. Here, in fact, listen to this. Here's a little track from Silver Surfer. Cool. Isn't that how fucking spooky that is? I miss that shit. Yeah, right? Reminds me of my childhood. Does that feel good? Does that feel good to hear? Yeah. Really chunky chip tunes right in your ears. Weird little Casio keyboard sounds. It's beautiful. I love it. Where you hit one button and it plays a drum loop. Yeah, it's great. Uh there's there's another there's there's actually a cover of some of these Silver Surfer songs. There's uh there's a great one on YouTube. I think it's called uh The Greatest Bits. They did some covers of those. Anyway, guys, check it out. Back to the story though. James Rolfe, right? The angry video game nerd, long time. He's a well-known internet commentator, right? And uh, social cultural critic, but mostly for nerdy stuff, video games and movies, that sort of thing. He made a video called Ghostbusters 2016. No review. I refuse. It has 1.7 million views and 100,000 upvotes. Here's a clip from his video. So there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out, and for something related to one of my favorite franchises, it may be expected that I review it, but instead of a review, for once, I'm doing something a little different. A non-review. Because I refuse to watch it. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Judging from the trailers, it looks awful. So instead of doing what everybody else is going to do, go see the movie yep. and then talk about how bad it is, I'm going to do something different. Something unheard of. I'm not going to see it. Hey. Wow. What a novel concept, yeah. right? If you already know you're going to hate it, why give them your money? Bingo. There it is. That's everything. Right there. You know you're going to hate it. Why give them your money? But how does he know he's going to hate it? 
Oh, I don't really? know, Sean. Have you ever seen Carnosaur 2? I've never heard of Carnosaur 2. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen Anaconda 3 or or uh, Jug- Jarhead, Jarhead Part 3? Actually, All these shitty movies. I've you- come across those on weird channels. <laughs> yeah. Do you need to watch them? Do you need to watch the whole thing to know it's going to be a shit movie? Do you have to watch every single porno you see just the trailer of to make sure you don't like it? Do you have to watch a bunch of gay porn to make sure you're not gay? Well, uh, <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> no, man. Here's you have to watch thing. it and you go, you know what? That doesn't do it for me. You know, if you... <laughs> Sean, 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 there's I'm other ways you, you on this. There's other ways you can tell that you're not gay. Name one. <laughs> Taste a penis. If you... <laughs> <laughs> You'll know, you'll know for sure you're not gay as soon as that penis is in your mouth, because then you'll know you don't like the flavor. Well, you're making my point for me. <laughs> Gross. Okay, I'm throwing up. But, uh, guys, seriously, this is such a ridiculous argument that you have to see the whole movie before you, you judge. No, you don't. Because you know what you like and you don't, yeah. generally speaking. Look, Truthfully, there, I agree. Yeah, there are, there are movies where I'm on the fence, and it's at least a genre or type of movie or franchise that I like. Like, for example... Uh, you know, this uh, people have been comparing this reboot of Ghostbusters to the Total Recall reboot, and I I thought okay, that was Total Retard, right? <laughs> yes, Sean. <laughs> the Total Recall reboot, right? When it came out, I hadn't even seen the original, so I went out to see the the new movie, and I thought, well, you know, I have fresh eyes, I'm untainted, I I've never seen the original. I heard it was a great movie. I've seen clips and clips of it. You, you never know? saw Total Recall? Well. I have now, okay. but uh, I saw the remake before I saw the original, and I hated the remake. Okay. And this is coming from someone who was not even a fan. I had no investment in the series. Then I went back and I watched the original, and I hated the original. Yeah. <laughs> they're both shitty movies. Guys, they're just shitty movies. It doesn't hold up. There's, there's like two things that are, no, three things that are awesome in Total Recall, okay? When Arnold Schwarzenegger's face blows up in Mars, that's cool. Then the girl, the lady whose face splits open, that's cool. Then the three-boobed girl. The three-boobed alien. Three boobs and two heads. Did she have two heads? No, she had one head. No, two heads split. What? That's what, what you're talking about. Oh, talking- oh, split, yeah. He- yeah, split, split heads and three boobs. Two split heads and three boobs. Yeah, that's what I like. That's what that movie did for and you. Exploding faces. But really, that movie does not hold up. The technology in that movie seemed dated when it came out. They were using monochrome IBM monitors. Anyway, it's a garbage movie. Okay. So when the angry video game nerd came out with this video... The internet had a shit fit. It's because James is considered an old school authority on all things nerdy. So even Patton Oswald chimed in on it. Patton Oswald. I mean. He's got a big social media presence. Yeah. Huh? Millions. He said, I really wanted to hate the Cinemassacre Ghostbusters review, but I'm such a fan of the noisy, thick saliva swallowing it won my heart. <laughs> kind of a, kind of a little, uh, yeah. you know, a little jab. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, someone called him out on it. He said. Uh, some, someone on Twitter said, I woke up to the weird nerd war between Patton Oswalt and Cinemassacre over the new Ghostbusters movie. Guess I'm on Team AVGN. And Patton said, eh, fair enough. I like Cinemassacre, but I'm just tired of preemptive criticism. Society imploding. It's gross. Look, guys, there is preemptive criticism and then there's criticism. I don't think anyone is saying that the new Ghostbusters movie is bad. Nobody is saying that. I thought everybody was saying that. No, they're saying that the trailer is bad. It's awful. Yeah, the trailer is bad, and it's most likely bad based on that trailer. If they can't get you into the theater based on a trailer, they're fucked. Well, it's not just that the trailer was bad. It's that multiple versions of the trailer were bad. Yeah, They, they released the international version where the girl stage dives into a crowd and it splits. Uh-huh. Tired, tired joke. Right. Seen in multiple movies in the past. And then she gets up and says some, you know, she's pandering to this whole weird zeitgeist, this culture that we're in, saying, oh, is this a woman thing? Or a black thing? Or a black thing. I don't know whether this is a woman thing or a black thing. Yeah. It's it's the lowest of low-hanging fruit. It's so stupid. And of course, like, it just doesn't even feel believable no. in any universe. Nobody would ever do that, right? Jump into a stage like that and have the crowd separate, like the Red Seas. And then just get up and assume that it's a like the entire audience collectively is sexist or racist. Yeah, when the real reason is because she's fucking three hundred pounds and no one wanted to die. Well, yeah, and she has a fucking nuclear proton pack on her back. Oh, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is that. A particle accelerator. Anyway, guys, then this article came out recently called "The Soft Sexism of Hating on the New Ghostbusters." It was published on the BirthMoviesDeath.com website by Devin Farasi. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Might be Faraci, might be Italian. I don't know. 
But uh, Devin says that the angry video game nerd was, at the very least, making better points than I have otherwise seen online. I've seen a number of morons complain that the reboot's jokey nature disrespects the serious horror aspects of the original. I wish I were kidding about this. But there is a weird sense that something is being unsaid. Or maybe it's just not being consciously considered, but rather is bubbling just under the surface. Casual, unthinking sexism. That right there is the gist of his feelings. Because they are just that. They're feelings about why you think people dislike this movie. It's a very easy narrative. It's obvious, right? When you take a movie, like a classic franchise like Ghostbusters, and you just do a gender swap on all the characters, it's pretty obvious that you're making a political statement. It's pandering, too. Sure. Of course. It's, it's, uh, it's tapping into the zeitgeist. So he, he, drops, he drops the gist of his feelings here. He says, as we get very close to the release of the movie, we have to deal with two things. It doesn't look entirely promising, and that most of the outrage surrounding the movie comes from conscious or unconscious sexism. So this guy, Devin... Thanks for getting in all of our heads. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Devin. Appreciate it. This guy is the same guy who's suggesting that most of the outrage surrounding the movie comes from a conscious or unconscious sexism, right? This is the same guy who, in the same paragraph, said that this movie doesn't look entirely promising. But that's not sexism. You're allowed to criticize this movie, huh, Devin? You're allowed to say it doesn't look promising based on the trailer, huh, Devin? Aren't you? So doesn't the rest of the argument just go out the window? Can't people, can't people think it looks like a shitty movie? Yeah. Therefore, it's probably a shitty movie. You know, that's a good point, Sean. I wish we had some way to eliminate the poor quality of this trailer from the equation. Because one of the variables here is that the trailer is cut poorly. It's, it, it's cut like a summer blockbuster with the, you know, the sound effect where it like blinks really fast. A whole bunch. Yeah, the transitions are quick. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because none of them in isolation are funny. No, I, I disagree. I think Kristen Wiig is hilarious. No, I think she is too. I don't mean the people. I mean the scenes. I mean the scenes from the movie. Oh, yeah. The scenes aren't, the scenes themselves aren't funny. Kristen Wiig is great. Yeah, Kristen Wiig's great. I have seen the newest trailer that came out. I think the second trailer for that Sony released had a scene with uh, a ghost dragon walking on one of their backs. And she was pretending like it wasn't there. I, I, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. But that's it. I've, I, nothing else in the trailer. Because everything in this trailer makes them seem dumb. There's a scene where Kristen Wiig comes up to a door. And I think it's pull, but she pushes. And then she's, she kind of like shrugs and says, I always do that. You're, you're dumb. Well, that's, that's dumb. Yeah, that's something that people relate to. Okay. Well, there's another one. There is another scene where I feel like they break the fourth wall in the trailer where they're all standing out front and they're about to go in and two of them simultaneously say, let's go, let's do this, right? They both have a false start at the same time and then they have that weird, awkward exchange where people, you know, they like they know they're superheroes. They know that they are about to go in and do something heroic. So they kind of look at each other and say, let's do this, right? And then they acknowledge the fact that they were doing that and then say, next time you do it, like, who are, you, who, guy, who are you guys talking to? Yeah. I feel like they're talking to us, the audience. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in the original Ghostbusters did they have some corny joke like that. And then the receptionist, who's the guy? Chris Hemsworth? Is it? I, I don't know. I think it's Chris. Whatever. Hemsworth. Yeah, is it, it is Thor? Hemsworth. Yeah, Thor. Oh, Thor. Yeah, yeah. Thor. Talk, about a, talk about a shitty actor. I'll go on record as saying that guy sucks at acting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't pay attention enough to his career to have an opinion on his acting. But I will say this. Near the end of the trailer, the international trailer, and if you guys haven't seen this, look it up. It's pretty bad. But he is sketching a logo for the new female Ghostbusters. And the logo that he sketches is just like a ghost with boobs. No, in, in no universe would anyone be so fucking stupid to suggest that be the logo for the all-female-run Ghostbusters. So they're kind of, a, you know... It just, it just goes to show that they are not playing to the height of their intelligence. They're not playing like smart characters. They're just playing this dumb, you know, a bunch of dumb cliche stereotypes. Let me ask you this. Who is their target audience? I mean, obviously, you want a movie to appeal to everyone, right? Oh, good question, Sean. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Okay. Because Devin talks about who their target audience is. But uh, yeah, this guy Devin, he goes on, he says, 
The question isn't really about whether or not you're allowed to be cynical about the new Ghostbusters. I have been anti-Ghostbusters 3 reboot for the last decade, and I still think it's a fundamentally bad idea. But rather, why the line is being drawn here, and why it's being drawn so severely. Because, Devin, it's one of the best movies of all time. It's not like they're rebooting the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off and doing a gender swap with all the characters. No one cares. I don't think anyone would care nearly as much if they did a gender swap on one of those movies. Like a, an old cheesy summer comedy. Like Maybe. Porky's. Let's make Porky's with, uh, with all the guys like peeping, or all the girls peeping in on guys. Yeah, but I wouldn't put Porky's in the same sentence as Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, like, sure. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of the rare 80s movies that holds up. Does, because, does it, Sean? Yes, because nothing mm. is dated. It absolutely does. Not the hairstyles, not the clothes, not the things that they think are cool. It's got a classic Ferrari. I, I think that is one of the <laughs> only movies that holds up. Sean, when's the last time you saw that? Oh, like a year ago. I, get out of here, dude. That movie does not hold up. I'll you tell you to, why. You need to watch it again. Yeah, I, I have. I have. And the old, like, yeah. first of all, that thing I hate where the. Yeah, Randy's shaking his head. The, You're yeah. absolutely wrong on that. Whatever, this. producer Randy. I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys both why you can eat my nut log. <laughs> Because that movie, that movie does that thing that I just said I, I hate, which is they break the fourth wall. They yeah, talk directly to the camera. that was like the first one. That was the first mainstream one that did that. Garbage. Yeah, that was the thing. And now there's, you, I, you, I think you've even referenced this before, where you're talking about now everybody does it. There's always a fourth wall break or there's a, you know, a tease at the end after the credits. I hated Saved by the Bell for the same reason. Saved by the Bell is totally dated. Garbage. But here's the thing. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They could never make a movie like that today, and it would be super fucking weird because there's a 10-minute montage in there where they just dance to a song. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. That's the only part that didn't work, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's 10 minutes of the movie. I don't know if it, it's not 10 minutes. He sung the Wayne Newton song and then Twist and Shout. Oh, my gosh, dude. It felt like it never ended. Oh, it was. God. It turned into a weird parade montage. Like, what the hell am I watching? What is this weird fucking thing I'm watching? Is it's, it magic? Are we watching magic? It's where Cameron and uh, Sloan have their little talk about what's going on after high school. Well, open up and eat my nut log, buddy, because it's a garbage movie. Ugh, you're so wrong. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I don't think people would have cared nearly as much if they rebooted Ferris Bueller. It's not, a, it's not nearly as iconic as Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters movie is perfect. It's good. Yeah, it, no, it's perfect. It's good. There's not a single thing I would change. There, there aren't a lot of movies that I would consider perfect, Sean. Here's, a, here's some movies I would put in that category. Here we right? go. This will be rich. Yeah, I think you know. I dare you to disagree with me. Okay. Because I'm, 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 I'm uh, clenching my fist to punch you. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Huh? Not as good as the book. Not even close. I'm not. Why don't you compare movies to movies? All right, fine. And on that note, I, okay, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And on that note, like more horror movies, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Perfect. Perfect movie. I wouldn't change a single thing. Bill Murray's Groundhog Day. I love that movie. Great movie. The Big Lebowski. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Rambo, First Blood. Yeah, okay. Perfect. All right. Perfect movie. Okay. It was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, you know, fantastic. The, that, oh, movie, yeah. that movie originally had a suicide oh, ending. Yeah. Remember Shakespeare in Love winning over Saving Private Ryan? No. Why do you even remember that, Sean? Because I was in that industry for many years. Oh, were you in the movie? Uh, no, but I should have been. You should have been Julia. I just remember Harvey Weinstein up on stage, uh, <laughs> accepting with this, the biggest Coke booger in his nose I've ever seen. Oh, gross. <laughs> it was hysterical. <laughs> so, guys, when people like this, uh, this Devin dude pretend like they don't know why there's so much outrage, it's disingenuous at best. It'd be like rebooting Terminator 2 and changing the gender of all the characters to glom onto this shitty zeitgeist of femsploitation we're experiencing. And that's exactly what it is. It's just femsploitation. Just like there was blaxploitation in the 70s. There's so many people today writing about this type of issue, right? These, uh, this type of like pseudo new age, new wave feminism. There was a survey that was made, I think by Huffington Post. And Huffington Post is very left-leaning. I would say they are like one of these women rags, right? They yeah, they publish much. a lot of like uh, neo neo feminism type stuff, and they pull from pretty much left wing uh, left wing sites. Yeah, and they did a they did a survey amongst people, and they found that only twenty four percent of their readers considered themselves feminists. Huh. And among men, it was thirteen percent. Uh huh. But when they asked these same people whether or not they were for equal rights, the great majority said, "Of course, yes." Right. Like ninety percent. Which I don't know what the fuck the other 10% is thinking, but 
90% said yes, of course, we're for equal rights, but they don't like that label. They're rejecting that label. It's a toxic label. It evokes a response for sure. Of, of course. It's got a lot of baggage. But there's so many websites that glom onto this shit. Look at it. Uh, listen to this list. Jezebel, Exo Jane, Huffington Post, Salon, Bustle, Mike.com, The Mary Sue, Feministing, Gawker, Delisted, Verge, BuzzFeed. They're all publishing nonstop femsploitation articles because it's easy clickbait. They don't really care about real issues affecting women because they're obsessed with the perceived sexism in superhero movies, comic books, and cartoon characters. That's all they care about. They're not publishing. Like, every time I see an article that comes out of these guys about female genital mutilation or acid attacks against women in third world countries, for every one of those, I see two or three million about perceived sexism in comic books. Yeah, totally. Millions. Every, like, I feel like there's, there's one to five articles posted every second on my Facebook feed about this shit. Yeah, and that's what we care about. Yeah. Not the women who get acid thrown in their face. No. Not the women who are allowed to be stoned to death for being raped. Yeah. For, uh, for the amount I see, I've seen about this fucking Ghostbusters horse shit, comparatively speaking, it's tragic. It's tragic that that's not the issue that we're all outraged about. We're, issue, we're outraged about this this nonsense here. Whatever. About whether or not people think a shitty trailer is shitty because it was cut poorly or because women are starring in it. Whatever gets clicks. Sure. Sure, why not? Fuck it. And by the way, someone recut that trailer and made a better version of it that everybody, including myself, loved. Really? Yeah. Check on YouTube. Go to YouTube and look up the Ghostbusters trailer recut. They recut the trailer and it was so tight. It was so well done. Everybody loved it. Huh. Same exact footage. You know, they uh, obviously they cut some of it out. They cut out some of the jokes that didn't work, and they cut out some of the shit. But they put together a decent trailer that I watched, and I was actually excited for. I thought if I had seen that trailer, I would have probably gone to see this movie. Really? With the exact same footage? Same footage. And they just cut it different. Okay, yep. I'll check it out. Well, it's not. It's shorter, too. They cut. Well, it would have to be. They cut some. Yeah, they cut some jokes and things out of it. But yeah. Uh, they, they did a great job on that trailer. Um, and guys, here's a little trick I learned a long time ago, too. If you want to go see this new Ghostbusters movie and decide for yourself, but you don't want to give m uh, money to a movie that might be a remake and shitty one at that, here's a little trick. Buy a ticket for another movie and then just walk into Ghostbusters. You think people don't know that trick? Well, they're not doing it. <laughs> Apparently. I think that's what I'll do. Here's the thing. Oh, boy. If there's a movie in theaters, what, Sean? Uh, I think everybody knows that one. Do they really? Yeah. Get out of here. I do. Handy Randy, are you nodding? Did you know? Did, did you, you know, know this? Did you know that some people sneak candy into the movie yeah, theater? Yeah, fuck you, Sean. <laughs> you stupid ass. I invented that trick. Yeah. I snuck in an entire 24-pack of Sprite one time just to see if I could. In my jacket, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, 24-pack. And I was handing them out. I was the hero. The movie hero. People were thanking me. I got a blowjob. Jesus. Yeah. From the manager. What? No, they weren't warm, Randy. They were cold. They were ice cold like my heart. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great way to save money. And speaking of saving money, guys, this episode is brought to you by Kendall and Hyde, makers of leather bags and accessories built to last a lifetime. Two, if you count the cows. I love that slogan. Hilarious. Kendall and Hyde was born out of a passion for leather and a desire to replicate classic designs from the 1920s that would not just stand the test of time, but also be functional for modern daily carrying needs. Guys, Kendall and Hyde, fantastic company. I don't like to shill for products I don't believe in and I don't like. So it takes a long time. I talk to sponsors for a while until I get to know them. I find out what their product is. I find out what they're offering. And I take a look and I see if it's a good quality product that I want to stand behind. And they come through in spades. They make everything from satchels, boots, and belts. Uh, Kendall and Hyde, they sent me a pair of boots, actually, to try out, and I was blown away. First of all, the package they sent them in, they're not, these aren't boots that are just going to come in some box that, you know, like some shoe box, and they're kind of put uh, reversed to each other, like like they're 69ing, some goofy, yeah. you know, some goofy orientation, like yin-yang. It's, right. it's not like that. I got these boots, individual, each one had its own bag, like a little burlap sack. No way, each, really? Yeah, for each boot, the presentation is fantastic i took it out of the bag and it was beautiful it's just a really nice really tightly trimmed boot classic black boot leather did they ship that way were there individual burlap sacks that came in a box oh they came in a box but yeah the the shoes themselves 
are in their own individual little little sacks. And it's not even burlap. It's it's kind of like a khaki type of fabric. Uh, khaki colored, but it's kind of like a coarse, not quite burlap fabric. Very like nice. Like a canvas type thing. Yeah, like a canvas. Very okay. nice fabric. Guys, the full grain leather is made from the outmost surface of the hide. And they also sent me a belt. Guys, here's the thing about belts. Most men's belts are shitty. Here's how you can tell a shitty belt. Turn it around and look at the back. If you see that pale, almost like tan color for the, the belt, that's, that's a compressed belt. That's, that's a, that's a paper. That's usually paper or cardboard they put on there. Yeah, it's almost like a press board. Yeah, it's a press, it's a pressed belt. With a thin little strip of leather on the surface. Yeah, or vinyl sometimes. Those belts don't even last a couple months for me. No, they crack. Yeah, because I eat too much. Mm, (laughs) No, but those belts are garbage. And a long time ago, I was looking for belts that last a lifetime. And, uh, and for me, I was, I found that authentic leather lasts a really long time. And that's what they sell. Their leather, their belts are 100% leather. I don't think anybody should buy shitty shoes if they can afford better because that is one area where I truly believe you get what you pay for. I'm a big boot guy, and I tend to wear one or two pair of boots over and over and over and over again, and they will last years. Yeah, speaking of, Sean, the boot outsoles are made from repurposed tires, old Goodyear tires, a lot of them. Each pair contains a unique design, so it's good for sneaking around in. Ah, people can't follow your well, your and not trail. slipping and making a lot of noise. Yeah, actually, maybe that's not good for sneaking around it because it's a unique, <laughs> unique print. Guys, don't don't rob <laughs> a bank wearing these. Exactly. Uh, it's made from material designed to last thirty thousand miles on the highway. No yeah. one's gonna walk thirty thousand miles. Yeah, not unless you're Forrest Gump. Does he? I don't even think because the entire United States doesn't span thirty thousand miles. No, it's three thousand miles. Well, he could have he could have done that ten times over wearing these boots. And here's the best part. Madcast listeners get an exclusive 15% off their order by going to kendallandhigh.com slash madcast. That's M-A-D-C-A-S-T and use the promo code madcast. I'll link to it on the website. Guys, thanks for supporting the show. I'm curious to hear what you guys think of the new sponsor. They are fantastic. Thanks for supporting us. All right, so moving on. Last week, the actress Rose McGowan publicly criticized Fox for releasing a billboard for X-Men Apocalypse, where the supervillain Apocalypse was grabbing Mystique by the neck. Did you see this? No, I think I saw a headline, but my personal opinion is that she's just trying to stay relevant. Rose McGowan? I don't know I don't what know who she, she does is. anymore. What has she ever been in? Oh, she was in that show with Alyssa Milano, Charmed, for like a little bit, and oh, then she yeah. got replaced. Hmm. She's done a lot of B-movies. Alyssa Milano. She was she's probably most famous for being with Marilyn Manson for years. Oh, that's right. He, uh, she's Marilyn Manson's ex. That's right. Yeah. Well, anyway, she had a shit fit. Because she said this kind of violent image doesn't belong on a billboard. Meanwhile, the slogan for the entire last season of Game of Thrones was, All Men Must Die. How's that for subtle? The most popular TV show is one that features an entire race of men who are literal eunuchs. It's an entire class of men who've had their genitals removed. No problem. No problem with Rose McGowan. Here's what she said. This is from The Hollywood Reporter. She said, There is a major problem when the men and women at 20th Century Fox think casual violence against women is the way to market a film. Casual violence? Is this casual? Is this You have the supervillain of the movie, who, by the way, is looks kind of alien. He has like a stone face, and he's blue, choking out an another alien, basically Mm -hmm. a mutant, Mystique, who's also blue. Mm -hmm. And this is casual. This is just like something that just happens. You just walk to the park, and you just see. Someone choking out a woman at a park? Well, casually would be if he were to, on the way to choking her, just punch a random woman. That's There, there you go, Sean. That's casual. Thank you, Sean. Nailed it. That's casual. This is not casual. This looks explicit. This looks like it's it's uh, premeditated. You don't choke out somebody while you're looking them in the face and just call that casual. That's not casual. Mm-hmm. That's personal. Yeah. It's direct. She said, she goes on, the fact that no one flagged this as offensive is frankly stupid. And the geniuses behind this, and I use that term lightly, need to take a long, hard look at the. First of all, you're not using that term lightly. You're, no, using, you're using it, it sarcastically. sarcastically. Yeah. Idiot. Or stupid. Yeah, they need to take a long, hard look at the mirror and she see she, how they're contributing to society. She talks like a five-year-old. Oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Sean, because she brings in her daughter, her nine-year-old daughter, for her opinion. Yeah. Oh, good. She goes on. She says, imagine if it were a black man being strangled by a white man. Okay. 
What, in a superhero movie? No problem. Sure. There's no problem there in a superhero movie. Or a gay male being strangled by a hetero. First of all, how would you know that someone's gay just at a glance? And how do you know they're not into that? <laughs> there you go, Sean. That's what I say when, when people say, don't spank your kid. I'm like, hey, the kid might be into it. <laughs> God. Oh, God. That's a variant of an old Heidi, no. Frosty, and Frank joke. Frosty, Heidi, and Frank. Oh, Frosty, Heidi, and Frank, yeah, from uh, from the old uh, 97.1 FM talk in, in Los Angeles a long time ago. Arnold Schwarzenegger was proposing a law saying that all child abuse, any kind of child abuse, any kind of physical violence against a child is outlawed, right? Even spanking on the butt. And uh, I think one of, I think it was uh, Frank or Frosty. One of them said, I don't think children should be spanked unless it's for sexual pleasure. <laughs> no, that had to be Frank. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Frank. That's a Frank thing. That's a great joke. Anyway, guys, she goes on. She says, yeah, imagine if it were a, a gay male being strangled by a hetero. The outcry would be enormous. So let's write this wrong, 20th Century Fox. Since you can't manage to put any women directors on your slate for the next two years, guilting, emotional manipulation, how about you at least replace your ad? Okay, is that the compromise now? Hey, Rose McGowan, sorry we didn't hire any women directors, but we'll take down the ad. We good? We chill now? We cool? Are you going to shut up now? Of course not. All they hear is a little bird chirping who can't open a movie. They don't give a shit what she thinks. Yeah, well, apparently they do because they apologized. No way. Yep. Fox apologized. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. And I think they're removing the billboard, too, maybe. But she continues. She says, <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said, I'll close with a text my friend sent, a conversation with his daughter. It follows, my daughter and I were just having a deep discussion on the brutality of that hideous X-Men poster yesterday. Well, they're definitely intellectually equals. Yeah, a nine-year-old. They're having a deep conversation. A deep. How many deep discussions do you have in, with a nine-year-old? I'm guessing on the average zero. Mm. Nine-year-olds aren't deep. Nine-year-olds want like two things. They want dragons and fairy tales. They want castles. Nine-year-olds want ponies. Nine-year-olds don't have deep insight into the world. So here's what this, this nine-year-old allegedly said to her friend. Her words. Dad, why is that monster man committing violence against a woman? <laughs> the fuck out of here a nine first of all the word committing is not a nine-year-old vocabulary word committing violent that monster man committing violence against a woman well yeah. i think you just How does answered that belong in the same sentence yeah monster man monster man and committing uh-huh so you have the vocabulary to use the word committing yeah. but then you can't you don't know what a supervillain is right yeah and by the way i think you answered your question you dumb bitch monster man okay it's a monster Monster comes before man. It's a monster. I think you answered your question. This is allegedly from a nine-year-old. If she can see it, why can't Fox? Unfucking believable. I mean, look, man, you don't like this this billboard, and you want to make a name for yourself, and you want to go to social network, and you know, drum, uh, drum the the um, beat on the drums of sexism and racism and homophobia. Which, by the way, she introduced into this whole thing. Sure, she introduced homophobia and racism into this this had nothing to do with that she said well just imagine if it was well you know what just imagine if it was uh i don't know someone someone choking out a jew uh you know someone choking out someone uh, islamic why not why not fuck it you know what let, let's have it an atheist choking a christian let's imagine that oh my gosh would that be would that be offensive would that be okay i don't fucking know yeah it's art dude it's a fucking movie and they're dressed like fucking crazy aliens and shit who cares I don't think a single fucking person is going to see that that billboard and then go home on a subconscious or conscious level and think that it's okay to just casually choke a woman. I don't think anybody's that stupid. No. Oh, I saw it on a billboard. And that's always been the argument about uh, music lyrics, violent images. Uh, you know, I don't know. I well, know Japan consumes some really, really graphic content. And yeah. I think the murder rate is far lower than the United States. Well, here's the question I have is if violent imagery produces more violent imagery, then does peaceful imagery then produce more peace? Like, can we just go around the nation and just put up billboards of doves and people holding hands and everyone and society is just going to get more peaceful? People think the next John Woo film is coming. What's that? What? He always does doves in his oh. movies. There's always a dove scene. Yeah. Where they're released. Tell you what, that, that makes me angry. Doves. Yeah. I don't like them. But back to Devin's article for a minute. 
<laughs> he goes on to say, why are so many men so vocal about hating this film and about their desire to not see it? Why has this reboot, out of all the reboots and remakes of the last decade, been the one that goes too far? I'll tell you why, Devin. Did you ever stop to consider that maybe this movie's just shitty? Huh? Did you ever stop to think that maybe it's not just sexism? Yeah, it could actually really suck. Yeah. Can you consider that fucking possibility? Can you step down off your soapbox for a few seconds to consider the fact that it might be a shitty movie? Everyone might be right. Because based on the evidence, which you agree makes it look not good and not promising, you agreed to that. And yet, in spite of that, you still think it's all sexism. And by the way, guys, what does sexism have to do with anything? Let's say, let's just say it's 100% sexism. You can be sexist and still make a shitty movie. Like, a sexist person saying that Ghostbusters movie is bad isn't wrong because he's sexist. It right. could also be a bad movie. You could call someone sexist and they can be sexist. Of course, they're not mutually exclusive. No, they're not mutually exclusive. He goes on. Why are so many men so vocal about hating this film and about their desire not to see it? It's not just men, shithead. There are thousands of comments on YouTube and even videos made by women who think this movie looks terrible. Here's a clip from a channel called Wrapped Up in Film. Honestly, that does not make me want to go and see it at all, and I'm really disappointed. There you go. <laughs> Can she be any more clear than that? Here's another one. This is from Comic Book Girl 19. She made this video as soon as the, tra the first trailer came out. Here's, here's what she says. It's just not a good idea, and I think that potentially one of the reasons why this trailer is doing so badly on the internet is that Hollywood may have finally taken things a bit too far with the remakes and reboots and audiences may be finally rejecting these things and just being like, no, I don't want this. No. Now we also have to address the elephant in the room. All right. So obviously with this new reboot, they have replaced uh, the male Ghostbusters with an all female team. A lot of people bring in the hate for having an all female team. They want to they want to blame the movie being bad on having an all-female cast. And really, it's not an all-female cast that's no. the problem. It's everything about this reboot. You know? That's right. It's everything about this reboot is the problem. She said, by the way, this is doing no favor to women. Because if this movie comes out and it does poorly, right? This is, this is what I think. If this movie comes out and does poorly... It reflects badly on women, right? Because they're, they've, they've invested so much. They're saying women can too, which, by the way, no one disagrees with shitheads. Well, the studio will then have a reason to not do this again. Exactly. It's going to hurt women. And if it comes out and it's successful, then people will always be skeptical. They'll say, well, it was because they intentionally hired all women for this thing. The people, like, here, here's the thing, Sean. Like as a gimmick? Well, not, no, more like, um, it's more like affirmative action, basically. Okay. Like, if I was, look, people have tried to give me, the minority pass, right? Because I'm Armenian. They uh -huh. try to give me the minority pass and they say, hey, hey, Maddox, uh, here you go. Here's, uh, here's some opportunity because you're considered a minority. And I say, no, thanks. I don't want it. I want to know that I got a position because I earned it. Yeah. Because I have the qualification for it. Right. Right. It, I, I believe in a meritocracy to an extent. Now, if, if, when it comes to actual affirmative action with, with uh, black people, they have definitely faced some institutional forms of racism. Oh, sure. That have set them back for decades, if not centuries. Well, they don't. They still don't have equal opportunity to things. Yeah. Which is where I think affirmative action comes in. Right. So, but back to this women thing, it seems like they're trying to make this an affirmative action issue for women. And they're treating it equally, which is disgusting to me. Yeah. We have people who were relegated to the ghettos of society. They, they, call, they called them ghettos. They, they literally had these red zones in cities where black people had to live. Well, don't forget the word ghetto was used for Jewish people way yeah. before it was used for black people. Sure. So it's not the same, guys. It, this weird affirmative action that's going on. Devin goes on, he says, why has this reboot, out of all the reboots and remakes of the last decade and change, been the one that goes too far? Maybe it's because it's like comic book girl 19 said, Devin. We've had enough of these shitty franchises getting run into the ground. Guys, there won't be any new movies 10 years from now because this generation of filmmakers have, haven't made anything new. There's no new properties to reboot. The ideas are dwindling. Yeah. It seemed like that for the last 15, 20 years even where you just see these reboots and it's like, you know, there's still good movies being made, good original movies right. here and there, but man, there's a lot of rehashing of old shit. When you have an entire decade or two of reboots and sequels, 
What does that leave for future filmmakers to reboot and remake and make sequels of? There's like, there's nothing new. No one's making anything new, guys. They've got to go way back. Yeah. And it'll seem brand new again. Yeah, like Cinderella, Little Mermaid. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Snow White. Remember Gus Van Zandt, the director, did a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. Uh, This was like in the late 90s, maybe right around 99, 2000. Uh It didn't do well at all. People were like, I'll just watch the Hitchcock version. Shot-for-shot. That's so weird. Yeah. It's kind and of an, uh, you know, an homage to, to Hitchcock. Well, it's a difficult thing to do because if you make it too much like the original, people say, well, I'll just watch the original. And if you make it too different, people will say, well, I'll just watch the original. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, you're kind of like setting yourself up for failure with all these uh, se- sequels and remakes. In fact, I think of all the sequels and remakes I've seen, probably the only one I liked, I actually liked, was the Dawn of the Dead remake. Huh. That was fantastic. And that was Zack Snyder. That, I, that's what introduced me to Zack Snyder. And people shit on Zack Snyder a lot. Uh, in fact, myself, I shit on his uh, Batman versus Just Ass movie that just came out. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. It was so bad. But the Dawn of the Dead remake was really good on its own, and it took nothing away from the original. The original was good, and the remake was good. Uh-huh. That's one of the few success stories I can think of a, of, a, of a remake. But then there's this argument, Sean, that people are saying that this doesn't have to ruin the franchise for you. Well, guess what? That's not how brands work. <laughs> You know, the Ghostbusters is a brand and you run it into the ground too much and people will think it's not cool. Like, I don't want to really be associated with Ghostbusters that much anymore. I'll give you a perfect example. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I used to love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And up until the Michael Bay movies came out, I was still a fan. Yeah. I thought, wow, this is such a great franchise. They had multiple series. Sure. The cartoons from the the late 80s, early 90s. Well, I think was- early 90s, right? Yeah, those were the originals. I yeah, think. the originals. Yeah, very early. No, right around like 89, 90. I remember the age I was. Yeah. The first I, the first movie was good. The second movie was okay. The third movie shit the bed. But, yeah. you know, two out of three ain't bad. I'll take it. I thought the original movies were okay. Then I went so far as to even buy a shower curtain, a Teenage, uh-huh. a teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shower curtain. Do you I still have that? I'll bet you do. No. Uh-huh. I threw it away. Because, and I, I swear to God, I saw the first Michael Bay movie. I was so mad. I was my my my, my knuckle. I was white knuckling that whole fucking movie with a remote. Man, that thing probably had more algae on it than a real turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Sean. <laughs> Stupid asshole. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I did. It was pretty moldy. But I, <laughs> I threw out. I threw out that that uh, my shower curtain. I said I'm no longer a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So long as this is the direction the series is going in, no thanks. That Michael Bay movie, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Michael Bay movie is easily, easily one of the top five worst movies I've seen in the last decade. I believe it. Absolutely terrible. On every level. Every, like every decision they made, if you flipped a coin and, and chose the opposite, you could make fewer mistakes. Yeah. Like you have, they have a better than average chance of making a mistake in that movie. Do you remember that Seinfeld episode where George decides that he's going to do the exact opposite of everything that he's inclined <laughs> yeah. to do? Yeah. And it totally works where he goes up to this really beautiful woman in the uh, restaurant they're always hanging out. Yeah. And he says, hi, my name's George. I'm 35. I live at home with my parents and I have no job. And she goes, you are too cute. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. It starts working in his favor. Yeah. I think that's what probably what would have happened with this Michael Bay movie. It was so bad. But guys, this isn't the first time people get upset with franchises and then think less of the franchise. Like, look, look at the Star Wars prequels. Those came out and people hated them. And uh, look, you make three bad movies in a row, your brand's going to take a hit. And that's why, to me, when the new movie came out, the newest uh, reboot or sequel or whatever the fuck they're calling it, when that came out, I thought, okay, I'll go see it, but I'm not excited to. Right. You know, because based on the strength of the first, the original three movies, the prequels were bad. The original three were good, so that's a wash. I was still willing to give the the new series a chance. But yeah, brands can take a hit. And people say, well, what about diversity? Why don't we just have diversity? You know, why make them all women. We'll make it we'll make it more diverse. Well, guys, they already tried this. They already tried this with Ghostbusters. It's called Extreme Ghostbusters. It was a shitty cartoon where they made one of the girls like a lesbian gamer girl. Then they made one of them in a wheelchair. They made one of them Latino. And then there was the black guy. And then Slimer, which I'm sure they, they made him some weird ethnicity. I think he was uh, Filipino or something. Filipino Slimer. Slimer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He was always eating lumpia. <laughs> oh, God. Balut. 
<laughs> yeah. What? Balut. It's the unhatched. It's a uh, it's a chicken or a duck before it's hatched, but it's mostly mostly done. Is that a Filipino dish? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I got to try that. Oh yeah, chicken adobo. I'm, yeah, I'm so you're basically <laughs> the bones are still kind of soft, but really? there, there are a little bit of feathers occasionally. Yeah, it's a it's like a fetus. Gross. You're it's a delicacy. Weirdo. You're a weirdo, Sean. No, I just know about stuff. Oh, I know. <laughs> you well, know about weirdos. Listen, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Listen, Bridesmaids worked incredibly well. Yeah. Every, plenty of guys. I love that movie. That was great. They were hysterical. Yeah. So it's not that it's like an no. all-female cast can't do extremely well at the box office. It's got to be in the right film. No, of course. This should be obvious to everybody. Yeah, of course, Sean. I totally agree. Um, so moving on, Dan Aykroyd last week came out with a statement about the new movie, right? Because he, he's getting he's feeling a little bit of heat from all this backlash. So he thought, you know what? I'm, I'm, a, he- I'm a heavy hitter. I'm going to come out and I'm going to make a statement about this movie. Here's what he said. As originator of the original, saw a test screening for the new movie. Oh, this is all this is all Twitter grammar. It's so terrible. He says, saw a test screening of the new movie. He didn't even put in the word the. Um, sh- I, I don't want to shit on Dan Aykroyd, but this is really poorly written. He says, apart from the brilliant, genuine performances from the cast, both male and female, it has more laughs and more scares than the first two movies. Plus, Bill Murray is in it. As one of millions of man fans and Ray stands, I'm paying to see that and bringing all my friends. So Dan Aykroyd, executive producer and writer of the movie, says he likes his own movie. <laughs> wow, call the press. Well, how different is this one, though? What? How different is the new Ghostbusters, the, the storyline, the way it's written? I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean... So they, he just gave an endorsement. He gave an endorsement. Uh, and here's what uh, Devin says. He goes... First, because he's talking about the old Ghostbusters movies, he says, first, some history. Ghostbusters isn't some inviolable franchise. Ghostbusters 2 is a terrible movie. More of a cynical cash grab than any reboot could be. It's a cheap reset of the original concept that delivers exceptionally diminished returns and features the leads more or less sleepwalking through the whole picture. Well, guess what Dan Aykroyd said about Ghostbusters 2? He said he liked that movie as well. And Ghostbusters 1, he also said was a good movie. So, you know, I'm not Dan Aykroyd, and I haven't ever made a movie, but I'll say this much. I'm going to guess that if you make a movie, and you you have a vested interest in seeing that movie succeed, and your name is on it, you're going to probably say it's good. I would think so. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know how much weight I What are you going to say? Oh, yeah, this thing that I wrote, it's, it was actually a total bunch of shit. Yeah, don't go see it. Yeah. It's probably contractually obligated to promote the movie. But anyway, moving on, this is the last point I want to make. This uh, this is getting a little long in the tooth, but uh, Devin says, why wasn't there a wave of angry militant men on message boards, Twitter, and making YouTube videos in their basements about how they were boycotting the remake of Total Recall? Remember I opened this up with uh, Total uh-huh. Recall? Yes. Yeah. It's because Total Recall isn't as iconic as Ghostbusters. Why is that so hard for people to wrap their heads around? Yeah. Total Recall doesn't have the staying power. No, it's not even close. Not even close. It'd be like, uh, I don't know, like uh, the Alien franchise. Maybe. No, there's nothing even close to Ghost. Ghostbusters is one of the biggest movies of all time. Don't people point to Aliens as being the best of those? I guess. I've the never seen one? it. second one? I don't know. I like the first. But anyway, he says, uh, this, this is the last point I want to make. He says, let's take an example from real-life hot-button topic, bathrooms. We're in the middle of a very strange war about gendered bathrooms that actually kind of reminds me of this stuff. The people who are against letting trans folks into whichever bathrooms they choose, will always use the same defense. They don't want perverts being able to walk into bathrooms and molest children and assault women, right? Setting aside the fact that no one has ever been able to find documented case of trans person assaulting or molesting someone in the bathroom. Yeah, it's just ignorance. Yeah, he makes a good point there, right? People, no matter what they are, perverts or, uh, you know, pedophiles or what have you, they're a different kind of person. They're no more, trans people are no more likely to be pedophiles than anybody else. No. No, I don't believe not. it. I no. don't believe it. No. And by the way, there's a billion other places you could molest someone or assault them. They don't have to come into this bathroom they to do it. They just want to use the bathroom yeah. comfortably. They want to take a shit, not your virginity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he goes on. He says, so the, now remember what he said, okay? Let's keep this in mind. Okay. He said that it's this attitude that we have, right, that is causing this kind of weird gendered bathroom problem. And he says, that's why this attitude is maybe the most dangerous. It speaks to the way sexism and racism and plenty of other isms kind of lives quietly inside us. 
and the way it can impact our beliefs and actions without us even considering it once. But it truly is the only answer for why the Ghostbusters reboot is this infuriating to this many men. They're angry. It's the only answer. Well, yeah, that's what he says. He says they're angry at the idea that somebody made a Ghostbusters movie that doesn't really interest them. Somebody made a Ghostbusters movie that isn't for them. Anyone else catch the irony of him arguing for unisex bathrooms, but gendered movies? This movie isn't for them? Yeah. In the same paragraph, he's arguing that we should have unisex bathrooms, which I agree with. But also gendered movies. Movies that aren't for them. The original Ghostbusters movie wasn't for men any more than Alien, Mad Max, and Kill Bill was just for women. It speaks to an ugly and condescending attitude towards gender, that we are more different than the same, that we can't find inspiration in people and stories that star people who don't look like us. The full implication being that movies made with whites are for whites. Movies made with blacks are for blacks. Movies made with females are for females and males for males. What about movies with dogs? For dogs. No, those are for women. (laughs) (laughs) Incredibly ironic that he'd bring up the very problem with this line of thinking. Segregated bathrooms, which I and all reasonable people oppose. People aren't upset at the new movie because it stars women. They're upset because they're being condescended to by Paul Feig, the director. Hmm. He's a gender activist. This movie doesn't feel like a genuine attempt at a Ghostbusters movie. So much as a thinly veiled political narrative. Is that what he's saying we think or he thinks? That's what I think. Oh, okay. I think Paul Feig, this is what I think of. No, I agree with that. The fans deserve better. The women starring in it, who are all incredibly talented and funny, deserve better. Yeah, it's a shit vehicle. Right. We know how the story unfolds when politics are put above people. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What is going on with you today? (laughs) We know how the story unfolds, guys. We've seen it happen. They already did it with this franchise. It's called Ghostbusters Extreme, and it was a shitty cartoon. They're trying to, they're always trying to ram some fucking agenda with this franchise. I don't get it, guys. Just leave it. Can't you just make a good fucking story? Cast women if it, if it needs it. Cast men if it needs it. Just tell us a good story. Don't come at it from this political angle and try to make it some weird fucking girl power agenda that you're ramming down everyone's throats nobody thinks that women are less capable yeah anyway moving on i have some voicemail that's it for this problem look guys i um, think you've totally stomped this guy's argument in yeah. the ground that was uh, that was no debate <laughs> normally i would have debated myself but this issue has gone way too long and uh still i think i presented his argument because i read most of it yeah you did. if you guys if you guys disagree if you guys disagree with the case that i made then you know vote for his cause vote for his argument but I want to see what you guys believe before and after. Check it out. And in future episodes, I, I will more thoroughly debate myself rather than <laughs> rather than some blowhard like this guy. Anyway, guys, uh, moving on. I have a little bit of voicemail to play just before the episode wraps. I got some angry voicemail, Sean. Listen, listen to these oh, no. guys. Yeah. Hey, Maddox. Are you going to give a weird Matthew McConaughey a show where he gives everybody a problem? You got to call in. He tells you how, fuck, how fucking wrong you're answers <laughs> yeah great great advice i asked people to call in and talk about what they thought the new show was going to be about and this is this is what this guy suggests i kind of like it <laughs> get some, you some present weird a, guy you present a problem or your argument and yeah. then he, he calls in and tells you how you fucked it up i don't think so i think it's stupid all right here's another one Let's go. Oh my god, this is actually. <laughs> Didn't the, think this was a real number. Put the bong down. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Maddox. Good on you. Yeah, it's a it's a real number, guys. <laughs> you can call. You know it's a real number when it picks up. Uh, you don't have to leave the full voicemail saying that uh, you don't think it was a real number. You didn't think it was going to be. Crazy. Good on you, Maddox, for setting up an answering machine. Thanks. No big deal. I went to college. As a math major. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Here's another one. Oh my god, Maddox, what the fuck, dude? You piece of shit. I hope you choke and die. Oh, <laughs> oh, go fuck yourself so hard. Ah. <laughs> uh, Wait, what? Very contextual. I don't, just cuss me out. Yeah, okay. Good, perfect. I thought he'd have a reason, but. No, just angry. Everyone's angry. 
There's another one. Maddox is the kind of guy who puts a condom on a dildo before he fucks himself with it. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, guys. Thank yep. you for your support. I don't know what he means, but... Great voicemails. It was graphic. Yeah. Here's one. This is, uh, I believe this is from Weird Matthew McConaughey. Here it is. All right, first of all, <laughs> you got to cut that down to one ring. <laughs> I, I don't control that, I heard bro. you're doing a new show, Mad Cops. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be an advice show. Okay. That you do, that you give advice on doing impressions of uh, famous people. Mm-hmm. I predict your first show will have a Christopher Walken theme to it. Uh, maybe you'll be the Headless Horseman. Maybe... You'll be him from the deer hunter. <laughs> okay, buddy. Um, uh, <laughs> he sounds like he's he's about to fall asleep. Uh, usually those uh, those voicemails come in around two, three in the morning. Yeah, and this was no different. I think. Mm-hmm. So there That's you when go. He does his best thinking. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, those are the caliber of voicemails I'm receiving so far, guys. Really knocking it out of the park, killing it. Coming up on the Madcast Media Network, we have the podcast competition show. Another new show I haven't even announced yet, and possibly a fourth show, but I'm going to be staggering their release because I want to keep the quality up. Here's what I need you guys to start doing now, though. If you have a podcast already, or you have an idea for one, start recording because I'm going to start taking submissions for those soon. I'll be posting it on the website. There will be a form. You can upload it. There will be more details and episodes to come, but I want to hear what you guys have. I want to find the best of the best. Because that's the only thing you'll hear on this network. It's a great way to weed them out, too. That's right. Coming up in a future episode, this has been the best debate in the universe with Sean, producer Randy. Thanks for listening, and most importantly, you're welcome. Welcome.